Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. This is the Omegano Launching Podcast, episode number 29. Today's guest is Tracy Morgan. And we're talking Facebook ads. Now, Facebook ads is not going anywhere and using it strategically before, during, and after a launch is really not a bad idea. So stay tuned. Have you launched your online course with great success? Or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry. Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Westgar, and I'll help online course creators and membership site owners creating the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone. In this podcast, we talk about all kinds of launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlights the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Oh My God, I'm Launching Podcast. My name is Ken Westgar, and today I am joined by Tracy Morgan. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad that we <laughs> can finally do this. I mean... Yeah. Like I mentioned, we met briefly at BBD Live, and um, now we're sitting here and we're doing the podcast interview. It's exciting. Making magic here online. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And today we're going to talk a little bit about Facebook ads and how we can use that for launches and stuff like that. So I think that's going to be really exciting. But before we do that, maybe you want to just fill people in on you know, who you are, what you do, what people you serve, and how you serve, serve them. All that magic. Yeah, Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Tracy Morgan, uh, known in the industry as the Facebook ads fairy godmother. (laughs) Somebody came up with that and uh, it's stuck, you know. I work as a Facebook and Instagram ads strategist, coach, you know, all of those good things to help business owners who maybe aren't ready to hire an ads manager yet, but they still want one on their team. So through a variety of different services and products that I've got, I work with uh, and support those, especially the newish business manager Mm -hmm. or business owners, I should say, or newish advertisers. And not even just new, because I think as we all know, if we've done any advertising in the past, Facebook changes the platform all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, even if you have done ads before, often you feel like a newbie every time you go back onto the platform. So I work with people that have every amount of expertise, but I really love working with uh, new folks who really are wading into this stuff for the first time, because I think it can feel like a very foreign bit of territory if we're not careful so, yeah not, not just feel like it but it is a foreign territory uh, <laughs> yeah been there try that and uh yeah i've gotten some results but uh i cannot say that i'm an expert in any kind of way absolutely not yeah, yeah yeah and i don't even think you need to be an expert in it to to get good results i think no. you can do it i mean i think that's the the underlining thing to all of this is just knowing that if you can learn and you can you know put some time and energy into it you absolutely can do this yourself yeah and what i've seen is just basically if you just you know test a little bit and kind of just um get the ball rolling and then you can start looking at the specifics and then can start to see okay well this performed a little bit better than that one so maybe if i try this i guess it's yeah. a lot about testing isn't it it is it is yeah we talk about this all the time i think um one of the biggest things that can hold people back in their success with facebook ads is their mindset right mm-hmm. i mean it seems like a weird thing to talk about because it's not <laughs> you know numbers and crunchy and stuff but it's it's so true i mean it really we need to 
consider every time we go out onto the platform and start a new ad as a big experiment. Mm. Everything is about wearing the mad scientist cap and being comfortable um, experimenting a little bit. That also means planning budget for experimenting. And I think people forget that sometimes. But yeah, you you need to go out and do these experiments and learn about your audience, learn about your messaging, learn how things convert down, you know, further down the funnel. All of that plays a role in um, sort of getting the ads right. It's definitely a science and an mm-hmm. art both wrapped together. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny that you say that because, you know, uh, it's not just about doing the ads, but it's also about the messaging. You got to need to know your audience. And so that kind of goes back to a lot of things I've talked to a lot of people before, like, you know, finding your dream client or knowing who they are and your branding, your vision, all of that stuff. All of that kind of comes into mm-hmm. the Facebook ads as well, which kind of shows how important this stuff that we do before we get even to start our business, basically. Yeah, yeah. I think people do tend to gloss over the idea of having, whether you call it an ideal customer avatar mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever that um, whatever that word is in your world, it really kind of is where the rubber hits the road when it comes to ads. Because not only do we want to know, you know, how to speak to people and what language they use mm-hmm. and what their pain points are and what's motivating them to make changes, but we also have to plug in information in an ad that says, target these people. Yeah. And so, you know, without wanting to like overdo it or underdo it, we have to have a balance between both of those things to really get targeting to work well for us and find that ideal audience that those ads will actually speak to. So very important stuff. Don't gloss it over everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but that's true. Uh, that's what I've seen too, you know, trying to do ads is, you know, you get the basic idea of who you want to target and you plug that in, but that doesn't mean it stops there. You know, it's like I said, you need yeah. to kind of, uh, you know, adapt to whatever changes that you see is happening in your ads and try something new to make sure yes. that you get the best result that you possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. Not any one component will do all of the work, right? You have to sort of be willing to make all the components, test all those components and and make them work together and kind of figure out which, you know, which uh, it's sort of like cooking, Yeah. <laughs> you know, which ingredients go well together and will turn out a good dish, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Great analogy. Yeah, true. Right. So is there anything that I know we, we don't have any visuals after all, this is a podcast, but um, is there any way we can talk through how we, you know, get started with Facebook ads and in particularly in terms of, you know, doing a launch and setting up Facebook ads for a launch? Yeah. Yeah. I think certainly we can definitely talk about that. I think there's a couple of facets to think about. One, you know, there's definitely a foundation that you need to set up for your ads. And that is really basic stuff like getting your pixel put on your website mm. and all of your landing pages. And you say you basic, know, starting but to- I'm not sure it's so basic though. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's sort of the beginning point yeah. though, if you think about it. And I don't mean basic, like simple. I mean, basic, like foundational. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so there's definitely, you know, building those foundations and making sure you have all that stuff in place when you get started is important. I think a lot of people get sort of further down on the path and they have been generating content for a while and building a list or whatever, and maybe even doing it just organically. And they never placed the pixel, which means mm-hmm. we're not keeping track of our audiences that are running across our website as an example. Yeah. So, you know, the, there is a beginning to all of this and, and definitely it's not difficult or anything like that, but it is important to kind of get those things started. And the other thing that I really want to say in terms of thinking about launching is 
that usually isn't the best place to start with your Facebook ads. <laughs> now, it is oftentimes where we do start yeah. because, you know, for, for most of us, that's kind of the first foray out there. But in reality, you know, we really want to think about having, um, having some audience building that goes on before that happens. Right. Now, all, you know, we're, we're in BBD together. So we have a language with that. Um, I've come through Amy Porterfield's DCA program and, you know, her, her list building, her list builder society and that sort of thing. Every uh, different program has a little bit different uh, name they call that, yeah. but it's generally speaking a runway of some sort. Mm -hmm. And I think we always think about this runway period as like, okay, now we're going to start our ads and then we're going to lead into a launch. Mm -hmm. When the reality is, if we're not launching, we should really be behaving as if we're in the runway, no matter what we right. are doing. Yes. <laughs> so there, I have a I have a, a mantra about always be audience building. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so even if it's not list building, even if it's not getting into a you know webinar filling or launch filling, that there's definitely activities that you can do to build up your audiences from a ads perspective mm -hmm. that are not expensive, they're not difficult, they don't have to you know take tons of time and effort and things like that. But that there's it goes a long way in not only building up your audiences but building up your own confidence too. Mm, true. So. You know, you say you don't have to spend a lot of money. What What are we talking about in terms of, you know, how much do we spend each day? Is it like budgeting? Yeah. Is it like yeah, you know, dollar or is it, you know, $50 <laughs> right, or what right. is it? I, I know and it's not a perfect answer. answer, but yeah. Yeah, no, the, the answer that I always give to a lot of these questions is, I don't know, Ken, yeah. what do you think? <laughs> and the, the, the reality is there is not a perfect number. There's not a guideline. There's not, you know, um, sometimes you'll see these ads pop up that somebody will be like, Oh, you know, launch your next project for $5 a day. And that I just call BS on that. That's not how things work, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that you need to spend a gajillion dollars either. What I usually tell people is, you know, you have to sort of start with the end in mind. If you really are going out to sell something, then, you know, you can back your way into a lot of different metrics based on well, how much money do you want to make? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, how much you're going to spend on your ads in total? Maybe you have a budget that you're working with that you can't exceed. Um, and in that case, what I usually say is, you know, you're going to spend probably 70 to 80% of your bucks on filling up your launch mechanism. So whether that's a webinar or a challenge or whatever it is, you're going to spend the majority of your budget there. Okay, yeah. And then take the rest of that budget and use it both before and after mm -hmm. to, you know, get things kind of running on, on both sides of it. So doing some basic audience building at the front end of your runway or doing some retargeting at the back end if that ends up being part of the uh, strategy for you. But I do believe that even when you're not in that runway stage, you can, you know, you can spend 20 bucks a week and have a very good consistent, like if you're doing it every week, yep. <laughs> have a very good consistent machine that will help you grow your custom audiences and have a, a bigger, slightly warmer audience that you can then remarket to down the road as you go into that launch phase. Yeah. And does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And yeah. that period that you talk about, you know, before launch and after launch is kind of when you can test things out and kind of get specific on the audience because then you will have like this perfect audience ready for the launch and it will perform a lot better than if you try to nail it in the launch, which you probably won't because you don't have enough time to kind of test things out. And, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, you know what? I will say I'm it's kind of a yes and no because here's the here's what the strategy is. The strategy is yep, get them really refined, use like video views ads to figure out which audience is responsive. But the reality is <laughs> just because they're responsive to a video views ad doesn't mean they'll re- be responsive to your launch ad, no, right? Of course, so yeah. Even when you start your launch, and this is one thing I want to say in part of the whole planning of your launch, but you know, one of the things that I really encourage people to do is to add a couple days of launch ads, mm-hmm. you know, add a couple days to the beginning so that you can test a little bit. You know, you, you do want to make sure you have a little bit of time for that because some things are just not going to work mm-hmm. the same way that they did before. Even in, uh, even mimicking a launch, like we like the rinse and repeat model, yeah. like you can take your exact same ads from last time and get completely different results. <laughs> so it's maddening. And, but again, part of being a mad scientist and going back and, and being willing to test and try and experiment a little bit, that's kind of part of it. But yeah, the strategy and the theory would be you grow your custom audiences. They're slightly warmer. You can do things within the process to continue to warm them up. And that should help reduce your ultimate costs mm-hmm. for getting those people to come into a launch and hopefully, you know, become a customer doesn't always work that way, but that's really the strategy that tends to work the best. And you have to test it. You have to test it to see if it works for your audience, Mm -hmm. which might be different than mine, you know, and so on and so forth. Right. And what is it that you see is kind of, I don't know, it's probably not a perfect answer for this either, but is there Mm -hmm. anything that works better than other things when you kind of doing a launch? Is there like, you know, um, doing videos or is it, you know, having a lead matting, building up the email list or wait list or Yeah. You know, there's not like a, um, I think everybody, (laughs) well, I don't think, I know everybody has slightly different uh, perspectives on this. Mm -hmm. You know, if you come from the Amy Porterfield school of thought, it's all about list building first. Mm -hmm. If you come from the James Wedmore school of thought, it's about the launch builds the list for you, Right. right? Which is a more expensive way to do it to to, uh, acquire leads in that moment, but maybe over the course of time, they're comparative. So the answer really is you have to test it for your audience and, and more importantly, your product, because the, the eventual sales and your ability to convert a product is really what's going to tell you whether or not that strategy worked for you or those ad costs were good for you or, you know, whatever that is. So testing both of those approaches are great. There's also, you know, of course, tons of approaches out there about evergreen processes and that's a little bit different again. And, you know, so everything is slightly different. And, and I will also say too, that every ads manager teaches things slightly differently, (laughs) you know, so just because this is my strategy, I tend to um, really work with people on the basics, right? Like getting, them to really understand not just, um, you know, how to, how to like step-by-step set up an ad, which is obviously very important. But I so often think that what's missing is the context. Mm -hmm. Like, what is it, what is it doing here? What does Facebook want? What is its problem right now? (laughs) You know, and, and troubleshooting and understanding how things fit together. Because I think that's what tends to be missing. A lot of us will get like, we'll go through a training program and we'll get like a little free module on here's how you run that one ad you need which is great, Mm -hmm. but doesn't have the context, doesn't really give you the ability to think critically about what's going on and behind the scenes, right? Or all of that stuff. So I really strive to operate on the basics and really teach people sort of the context and what's happening behind the scenes too. Like, what is the algorithm? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? What does that, what does that, you know, have to do with our launch ads? That kind of stuff. Okay. Can we talk a little bit (laughs) more about that rabbit hole? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we can go down that rabbit hole for days. Yeah. I mean, I find like I've kind of got a a little list of, you know, biggest mistakes that people make when they're doing their launch ads. 
And, you know, one of them we kind of talked about, which is a little bit about planning ahead Mm -hmm. and giving yourself time to test. And also I'll, I'll touch on this and I'll talk about the algorithm for a second, but also in the planning ahead process is making sure you're not going into it with your hair on fire because so often we spend so much time planning out our course or our program. And then we spend a ton of time planning out what the launch is going to be like and making that webinar really tight and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And we forget about the ads. And then all of a sudden we want to have ads running within an hour. And guess what, guys, that does not work anymore. Sometimes your ads will get approved in an hour. Mm -hmm. Most likely you'll wait 24 to 48 hours now and you'll get you'll get disapprovals too. So that's the other thing that's happening more and more these days. And it's a good thing for us. I mean, really the the general idea, of course, is trying to protect the users and Mm -hmm. good experience, all that stuff. But as an advertiser, it can be a pain because you often get caught up in the machinery of policy violations. And even if you're not violating it, there's maybe a little word in there that triggers a disapproval. And then you have to go through that whole process. So the important part here is to give yourself enough time to do that before you need those leads coming in. Mm -hmm. But going back to what we were saying about the algorithm, I think the other mistake that people make is not understanding what Facebook needs and prefers. And that's where you can play games like, oh, well, maybe it's video or maybe it's, you know, using a slideshow or maybe it's dynamic creative or there's lots of different options there. Mm -hmm. And I think making sure that you kind of experiment a little bit with that and see what things tend to work best for your audience and also playing into what Facebook prefers. So when aside of the launch, even if maybe we're getting ready for a launch and we're going to put out four weeks of content that is launch specific, I would love to see you go live on Facebook for that. Facebook loves their Facebook live platform. Mm -hmm. We get more reach out of that just organically. We get the ability to use that, you know, organic reach that we can grow and make better ads with those Facebook lives. They will do better because of that and so on and so forth. So that's one of the things is, you know, really understanding sort of what impacts the algorithm and what we can do to kind of keep things really friendly with the algorithm Mm -hmm. before we get into launch mode. So that's kind of one of the things, you know, the other thing that I see people doing in launch, in launch mode, in making a mistake in terms of um, the algorithm is giving Facebook too small of an audience. Sometimes we think like, oh, we really want to refine our audience to, it has to be moms of this age and they have to have interests of this, this, and this. And sometimes we'll whittle that audience down too small. Right. You know, Facebook actually now these days has so much user information that it prefers a larger audience, like bigger than you might imagine. So when you're setting up your cold audiences, those interest-based ones that most of us start with, right? Give it more, give it millions, not, you know, not half a million, not 1 million, give it 5 million, give it 10 million even, and let Facebook run. Okay. And that way you'll get, you know, you'll have the opportunity for them to find those right people for you and you'll get better results that way. The more we cut and whittle things down, it gets more expensive. It gets too tiny. Facebook has a hard time managing small, small, small audiences. So, Mm -hmm. you know, really understanding that more audience is better in that case. Right. Just a question around, you know, being not too specific or being specific. When you're mm-hmm. setting up ads and you want to target, you know, different interests or different, you know, pages that you can target, is it better yeah. to kind of do this individually, like different ad sets, instead of, you know, putting them all together in one one ad set? So maybe split them in one ad set. 
Is that a better idea? Yeah. You know what? It usually tends to be a budget decision because here's what happens. The more ad sets you have, the more budget you need to give that campaign, or it won't give a fair shake to each one of those ad sets. So for beginners, um, for people who maybe don't have huge custom or warm audiences yet, what we usually try to do is say, take some time to really do a ton of brainstorming and figuring out what all those interests could be and then sort of bucket them together. So that when you create one ad set, it might be 20 different things, Mm -hmm. but they all kind of hang together. So, you know, in my industry, I might target, and I'm going to use kind of a terrible example, but one that will be (laughs) very easy to understand, like, you know, Amy Porterfield audience, James Wedmore audience, Mari Smith audience, like I might put all of those pages and interests together because it gives me a very broad range of the type of people that I want to work with. And then maybe in a totally different ad set, I might try targeting things like apps or software that we use. So Mm -hmm. these are people who are interested in WooCommerce or Hootsuite, or I'm totally blanking some of the yeah, but you're categorizing but, you know, some of, on you know yeah, pages I'm, I'm and still in the, the software yeah, interest I'm still sort of in the back of my head saying like I want online business owners mm-hmm. but there's lots of different ways to go about that right but just keep your keep your ad sets in terms of like growing those audiences keep them together in a bucket so you understand like oh these are influencers and you know big names in the industry mm. this is about media this is about tools and software right. or whatever and you can kind of see then which one of those things performs well mm-hmm. when you get bigger and you're spending lots and lots of money on ads which you all will then you can do the things like really splitting out all of those different things there's in fact third party software that you can use to really see which of those interests is driving your results, but that's usually way too far down the rabbit hole for beginning <laughs> advertisers. Yeah. And honestly, most advertisers, even if you're spending a couple thousand dollars on a big launch, you know, or, or on a launch, a, an early stage launch, you don't want to be dealing with all that. You just want to have a general sense of what's driving your results. And then you can continue to work on improving those results. Hmm. Okay. Well, that kind of clarifies things for me. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the the last thing you want to do is get into a situation where you have too many ad sets. In this case, we'll kind of talk about those as audience buckets and then not budgeting it correctly. And that's really kind of the like step three of uh, the mistakes that people make. Let's talk about (laughs) that. Yeah. Right. So this is, and this is a big one because honestly, where I see people having the most trouble, they kind of come to it with this approach of, oh, you know what? I'm going to start this small. Mm -hmm. And then when it shows me results, then I'll put more money on it. Right. The reality is Facebook actually works completely the opposite of that. And if you don't budget enough money up front into each one of those ad sets, they will never optimize. Mm -hmm. They'll never get out of learning mode. You'll never get good results and there will be nowhere to go. So what we usually say is try to put at least 20 to $25 per ad set per day. Mm -hmm. That's a good number to start with until you know what your lead costs really are. Right. But when you're first starting out, that might mean you've got an ad that's running $75 or $100 a day for the first couple of yeah. days. Like, ah, <laughs> you know, that, that can feel a little scary if you're just kind of getting going. Absolutely. But that's how Facebook works. And you have to budget it enough that it will actually run for you and get you reasonable results. Otherwise, you're just wasting your money and shooting yourself in the foot. How long will that take until we kind of, you can see that you can start scaling down on the budget? 
Yeah. So I, we usually say three or four days, minimum of three days though. Okay. Three or four days usually gives you a pretty good picture. And usually what you'll have is a campaign might have, you know, four ad sets, let's just pretend mm-hmm. and they're each running $25 a day. So by day four, you'll say like, ugh, geez, these two ad sets are not working out. Let's turn them off. And these two are working out. So we can either rebudget them a little bit higher, or maybe we can introduce another audience if we want to test a, a you know a fifth audience in that situation. Mm-hmm. So you've got some options, but you do need to let any new ad set run for a minimum of three days before you can start tweaking and turning knobs and <laughs> changing toggles and things like that. Otherwise, you know, it really is kind of a waste. Mm-hmm. And what kind of metric are we looking at to to see which one is performing better than the other one? I mean, ultimately it's cost per lead. Really, that's what you're going to be looking for for most of what we're talking about, launch ads or list building ads, anything that's that conversions or Mm opt-in objective. You know, we're trying to get people to opt into something. So the cost per lead is really where you want to kind of compare. Now, I also caution people here because if you're new at this, Mm -hmm. you may not know like what is an acceptable cost per lead for your business. And the worst thing you can do is try to compare it to somebody else's cost per lead. (laughs) And also a cost per lead for a list building exercise might be different than filling a webinar Mm -hmm. where they have to actually commit to a time, you know, there's a little more friction. So there's a little bit more, um, generally speaking, there's more cost involved. So what you want to learn there is how much would you pay for a lead? That's like step one of how to get the most out of your next launch. Mm -hmm. How much would you pay for a lead? And the the corollary is how much is a lead worth to yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. And you don't know that until you launch, right? So sometimes you're just guessing. Yeah. <laughs> but once you launch, you can calculate earnings per lead mm-hmm. and that will give you a baseline. You'll kind of understand like what would be an acceptable cost per lead. I have an example. Should I talk oh, you yes, through it? Oh, yes, please do. Okay, so let's pretend for example, we've got a 997 product and we go through a launch mm-hmm. and we make $35,000. So we've sold 35 people. Yeah. And if we had a pretty typical sales conversion rate, that means that we probably had 1,750 people in the launch mm-hmm. in order to get, you know, like a 3% conversion. Right. So in that case, if we had 1,750 people in the launch and 35 sales, Mm -hmm. then we would take our $35,000 of revenue and divide that by the 1750. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that gives us $20 earnings per lead. Right. So we're not just dividing it up by number of sales, right? We're dividing about all the people that were in the list so that they have that. So then you can kind of say, well, great. Every one of these leads that comes in is worth 20 bucks to Mm -hmm. me. How much would I pay for that? How much would you pay for that? Exactly. Yeah. So you can pay (laughs) up to almost $20. So you still will make some money back. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you could. Right. But even if you just said like, I want to pay half, I want to pay $10 per lead or whatever, then you might look at your, you know, webinar fill up ads or something. And, you know, people will be like, Oh my God, they're $10 a lead. Mm-hmm. No, that actually could be perfect yeah. for you. <laughs> <It> could, <laughs> Right. You need to, you need to know what it, how it fits into the big picture. And that's really, you know, Understanding that is really key because people will start turning off ads or turning off ad sets. In this case, we were talking about the audiences and how they perform after three days. If you start panicking because one of them is $10 and the other three are seven, but you would still pay 10, like that's not a time to panic. Like let those run Mm -hmm. (laughs) because those are still in your margin for what's an acceptable cost per lead for you. So true. So this just gets better over time. I mean, you don't know this stuff up front, but as you start to learn and as you start to experiment and not only get better at 
ads, but get better at launching mm-hmm. and selling, <laughs> you know, all of this stuff tends to, to come together a little bit better. So that was just an example I kind of wrote up just to give some numbers yeah. to it. Cause I think people don't always understand how that earnings per lead number mm-hmm. um, should be taken into consideration in an ad scenario. Yeah. That's a very good point and very good example. Totally. But let me ask you about, you know, you can, when you're setting up an ad and you want people to take an action, like let's say you want to build your list and you have a lead magnet, mm-hmm. is it better to do the, um, I have no idea what, idea what it's called, but you can get Facebook, you know, directly to kind of click and join and then you can download the leads or do you send them off to a landing page instead or do you just keep everything inside of Facebook, which is yeah. better? I would assume. You know, they're, they're both good. I mean, they both can be effective. Yeah. They both have pros and cons. So what you're talking about, just to clarify yeah, for clarify. the listeners too, is no, that's all right. <laughs> it's an objective choice, right? Yeah. So when you're setting up your ad, the first thing you do at the campaign level is say like, what's my objective here? So uh, the objective that we usually talk about is conversions. That's the, the whole process that we said, where we send them to a landing page and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. That's conversions. That requires a little bit more setup and a little bit more fiddling around with getting the ad set up correctly. Mm-hmm. I won't get into the technicalities because it's like <laughs> a lot, but but that's the downside to that is it's a little bit more complex. Now, the upside to it is using landing pages that have been tested to death. I mean, most of us are using a convert kit or a lead pages or Kartra or something that has previously tested landing page designs. Mm-hmm. So it gives us some bumpers for trying to hurt ourselves too badly, right? Like it gives us a format to use where we don't have to kind of wing it. And I really like that. The other benefit is it's automatically hooked into your email service provider. So there is an automatic, mm-hmm. you know, auto response that says, I gotcha. There is an automatic thing. You, you know, you can set up a nurture sequence to deliver the lead magnet and then welcome people and warm them up and do all the magic. That's the benefit with going with a conversions type ad. Mm -hmm. Now, what you're talking about, the alternative there is a lead ad, which is terribly named because in both cases, we're looking for leads, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) the objective in the setup process is actually called lead. Now, what that is, is what you were saying is basically you create a little form right there in Facebook and it doesn't take them off the platform. It keeps them right there. So there's some there's a, a low friction aspect of things, which can be very, very good. Mm-hmm. It's kind of limited in terms of what information you can collect. Yeah, there's, a, there's a fair amount of stuff, but what I would uh, recommend is keeping it really simple if you're going to do that. The downside with the lead ads is that it all stays right there in Facebook. And you yeah. have to download that stuff in a CSV file, turn around and upload it or, you know, do a message response or something like that. So it's more manual in terms of like getting that to, to work well, where I found that actually works really well is like locally owned businesses. So maybe, you know, maybe you've got a a health coach that's launching an online course, but also who has a gym presence in a local city Mm -hmm. for that kind of stuff, like come in for a free, you know, consultation or a free class or something like that. Those can work really well if you've got somebody that can stay on top of the responses. But generally speaking, we don't recommend those for online businesses yet. I don't think they work as well. And until they're integrated with your email service provider, it's it's kind of a pain. Yeah. It's kind of a yeah. pain to get it going. So yeah, totally because you have to, but like great, you said, you have to. Great question. Yeah, yeah, because you have yeah, to download it manually. Get confused with them. <laughs> right, the downloading manually process is 
bunk. I mean, nobody's got time for extra stuff. And, you know, this is another one of those examples where Facebook unfortunately names things based on how they see things inside their system and not really as a user. Mm -hmm. So we get confused sometimes when we pop open the, the setup of our ads and we see traffic. And then we think to ourselves, well, isn't that what we're doing? We're sending traffic to a landing page, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not what we want. We want conversions. And then there's this lead thing. And, you know, so I think that's the other thing that I really encourage people to do is to learn the basics. I mean, learn what you really need and what you don't. Yeah. Half the stuff that comes up on any given screen, you'll never need it. I don't need it. <laughs> I run tons of ads. <laughs> You know, nobody uses that stuff. So I can, you know, that's one of the things that we try to teach people is focus on this bucket, mm -hmm. not all this extraneous stuff. Yeah. And I think also, you know, just knowing the basics will help you if you decide to hire someone to do your ads, you at least mm -hmm. have some knowledge and you would know what to look for, the numbers and all that stuff. So you don't get, you know, you're not totally blank. <laughs> Once the report comes back in, it's like, um, what's this? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that is such a good point and, and probably one of the most important things that people need to understand. I know we have this whole mentality of like, oh, if it's not in my zone of genius, I'll just hire it out. That is actually a mistake for Facebook ads. I think it's very, very important for a couple of reasons, but very important for you to learn the basics before you do that. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you are a much better client <laughs> <laughs> because you can ask questions, right? You can have a conversation. You know what to look at. Mm -hmm you know what to ask for improvements on, right? Like, oh, great. Well, maybe these audiences are doing well, but these other ones aren't. The, nat the natural question should be, can we test some more audiences? But you might not know that if you haven't been dinking around in there yeah. and trying things out for yourself. The other thing is it's, uh, you know, it's a straight up financial conversation because hiring a talented ads manager is going to start you 1500 bucks a month mm -hmm. before you even talk about ad spend and go way up from there, by the way. But, you know, if you have the ability to save that $1,500 and build your leads instead, and then maybe make that money back, then the next time around, you'll be able to be in a position to actually hire out. And that's kind of why I did it. What I did, I, I thought, you know, I don't necessarily want to create a whole business around running ads for other people. There's lots of people that do yeah. that, but I coach business owners to run their own until they're ready for that next step. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's kind of a, a more affordable bridge, if you will. Absolutely. And I think it's kind of an important option for people if they do want to learn. Mm. Yeah. Great point. Can we also talk a little bit about, you know, Facebook and Instagram, you know, Facebook owns Instagram, all that. So obviously uh, your Facebook ads is also potentially ending up on Instagram. Yes. So these are two different platforms, but run by the same company. So is there any difference in how you set them up or how they work or? Yeah, great question. And you know what? That's a really good point. And I probably should have said that earlier. When I say like Facebook ads, fairy godmother, <laughs> I mean all the stuff you can get off the Facebook of ads course. platform now. <laughs> so you're right. Instagram is one of those things. It's not even the only one. Like there are, you know, audience network placements. There are even a variety of placements that we can get within Facebook mm -hmm. and all kinds of stuff. So all of that is now accessible in the Facebook ads platform. And I'm also going to take this opportunity to encourage people to run their ads from the platform and not do things like the boost button mm -hmm. or the ad center or running things from inside of Instagram. All of those are fairly amateur moves and they send those particular signals to Facebook as well, mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> <laughs> to the algorithm. So the more that we can do to show up as a pro and show up as um, 
you know, a business to be taken seriously, that can only help us in the long run too. So when you go in to set up your ads on the ads manager, you know, the ads manager interface, you have the ability to select your placements. And from right there, you can say, yep, I want Facebook. I want Instagram. I want Instagram stories. I want Facebook stories. I want messenger. I want in-stream videos. I mean, there, there's, I think, 19 different options oh, wow. or something like that. I haven't that. seen half yeah. of them. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and often if you um, are just starting, we recommend leave it on automatic placements mm-hmm. and let Facebook figure out where you're going to get the best bang for your buck. Some people get kind of hooked on the fact that like, oh, well, I don't have a big Instagram following, so I shouldn't do it on Instagram. But that's actually, no, those two things have nothing to do with each other. Just because you don't have an audience on Instagram or you're not active on Instagram doesn't mean your people are not there. They might be there. And if we give Facebook the opportunity to, to reach out into that area, then great. So the good news is Facebook has also made that a lot easier for us when you were kind of talking about the differences between the platforms in terms of ads. Firstly, now you can set all of those differences up in the same ad, which you Mm. used to have to go and create separate ad sets for them. And here's the one for stories and here's the one for feed and blah, blah, blah. And Facebook is this, you know, the horizontal and Mm -hmm. no more. So the easy thing to do now is aim for square images for everything. Mm And that way you will find that you take up the most real estate on all the platforms. You fit very naturally. Facebook even prefers that for their own feed now. So use Square and then where you need to go in and buy placement, select, and you can either upload a totally different image. So for stories, we love to encourage people to actually use the stories platform Mm -hmm. to create their images. So you can add a sticker or you can add a a GIF, you know, or GIF or whatever you say. (laughs) Um, You can add the, the elements that make it feel like it belongs right there on the, you know, native to the feed is what we call it. Mm -hmm. So it looks like it belongs in the stories feed. So that way, just the stories placement of that ad will have that little sticker and whatever, and everything else will look like it belongs on Facebook or in the Instagram feed or whatever. So that's really nice now is actually just within the last maybe six months, you can do those uh, placement differences and really customize that so that you don't feel like, yeah, I just stuck a you know, a Facebook image into Instagram stories and I'm stuck with it, you don't have to be stuck with it anymore. So you can definitely do that. But I definitely encourage people to test it out because like everything else that goes into this, you have to see how your audience will respond. You know, there's there's half as many people on Instagram as there are on Facebook. So when I have clients who say to me, oh, I have such a huge Instagram following, I don't really do anything with Facebook. It's like, but your people are actually on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost guaranteed if they're on Instagram they're also on Facebook. Yeah. So experiment a little bit because you might find that that's where the ad results come from. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what your organic reach is doing or anything like that. Your ad results are a separate beast. Exactly. Yeah. I tested that actually with a lead magnet and I saw that the Instagram leads were actually twice as expensive as the one on Facebook. I have no idea yeah. why, but you know, obviously, okay, let's scrap the Instagram and focus on Facebook because yeah. I get more leads from that, you know? Yeah. So it's, and the, you know, the interesting part will be to, how do they turn into sales, right? I mean, that's of course, course the more interesting thing down the road yeah. is to say like, okay, maybe they were more expensive, but they converted a higher rate. Could have been. Wouldn't that be cool? We haven't gotten <laughs> to that part yet, <laughs> but you know, just, I was right. just testing right. it out to see, you know, kind of where is people, you know, where, where can I get the best buck for the money? I guess that's what I was looking at. Yes. 
for sure. Yeah. Super important, especially like we said, when you're starting out and you don't have all those metrics to compare it to, you just got to be kind of efficient with your dollars. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, yeah, like we mentioned earlier on, it's, it's a bit scary to get started with Facebook ads and not knowing how much to spend or how the ad is going to, you know, work out for you at all. And yeah, it's a, it's a vast world to step into. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. That's why it's important not to, you know, DIY yourself broke. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Get, get help, everybody. Get help. Yeah. Well, at least, just you know, kind of, like you said, get started with something at least and try to test stuff out and you don't have to spend mm-hmm. uh, thousands of dollars. You can start, you know, with 20 bucks a day and just test it and see how it works. And then you can, you know, take from there. Yep, yeah, absolutely. And if nothing else, like I said, you know, you not only get the information, but you just gain confidence navigating around on the platform, Mm -hmm. which is a lot. I mean, honestly, like where did that screen just go? How do I find my ad again? Where, where do the results come up? How do I read those results? All of that is just a a function of being on there and using it. And so it doesn't matter if you're running a inexpensive video views ad, or if you're, you know, going into a launch or whatever, all of it has benefit to you as a user, because you're going to learn more. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So if we're going to wrap this a little bit up, yeah. what are the last tips that you can give people starting out with Facebook ads in, in terms of, you know, maybe setting up for a launch or something like that? Yeah. I, I mean, I would say, you know, my, my constant mantra with the always be audience building is an important one. Mm-hmm. Get out there and spend a little bit of time doing super basic, inexpensive campaigns like video views or post engagement or traffic to a blog post or podcast, whatever you've got. Mm-hmm. And let that be a learning measure as well as building your custom audiences. That's what Facebook calls your warm audiences, the ones that have interacted with your brand. Because the other benefit, not only is it great to obviously have people that have been exposed to your content at some way or or another, but we can also use those custom audiences to create lookalike audiences, which can often be very magical. (laughs) So instead of going straight for those interests that we almost always start with, we can use lookalikes. Now it takes a little bit of time to build this up. And so that's why always be audience building is my mantra, but do that and use those growing custom audiences and as well the lookalike audiences to be the first place you dip in for your launch because you'll get some good results that way and some good measurement against the ice cold, never heard of you before type of audiences. Mm. So I would say that's good. I think the other thing for launching is to sort of reality check your plans. That's kind of multifaceted too, but giving yourself enough time, making sure you've got some realistic expectations, especially when you're early on. I think a lot of people fall victim to like, there's a calculator that's floating around online or something. And it says your lead cost should be $2 and 50 cents. Well, guess what folks, leads are not $2 and 50 cents anymore. And if you budget your whole entire expectation for your launch based on $2 and 50 cent leads, it can be a bit of a shock. So for those first leads, you know, reality check that with somebody who's actively running ads and knows your, your niche, your industry a little bit and can give you some better numbers. And then, yeah, just give yourself enough time. I think really that's the, the biggest thing is, you know, not only getting the planning done, but giving yourself enough time to properly set those ads up and make sure that they won't go into the tank right away. (laughs) Excellent tips. Excellent tips. So how can people reach out to you or learn a little bit more of Facebook ads, uh, maybe join a course? 
Got all kinds of stuff. Sure. So the easiest thing is my website, of course, which is Mm tracybydesign.co. Or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram, of course, Tracy by Design in both cases. Yeah. And I do have a launch related program that's coming up. It runs quarterly. So you can definitely learn about that from the website as well. There's a learn tab. And I have a Facebook ads 101 course that runs all the time Mm, that you can always get into to learn those basics. I try to make it very affordable and have the option of additional coaching if that's what you want. So lots of good options in terms of learning how to, how to take those next steps without hurting yourself too badly. (laughs) It can feel a little bit wild out there and you can feel a little bit alone. And that's definitely um, part of what I'm working to uh, solve. Excellent. Great. We'll put that up in the show notes so people can click on it and find you. So thank you so much, Tracy, for, you know, sharing all your knowledge about Facebook ads. I hope um, people find it interesting and maybe even take some action on this. So yeah, thank you. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode and uh, make sure that you don't miss the next one. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K-E-N. W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D and drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch and I'll catch you in the next episode.